And now it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with Charles Mock, legislator representing the IT functional constituency. The following program is a personal view program. Dear Tony, last Saturday afternoon, I was so shocked when I heard that you had shut down the house news with immediate effect. I knew I was not alone in feeling that shocked, sadness, and sorrow. Over the last two years, hundreds of thousands of Hong Kong people have been addicted to checking the house news every day, or many times a day, on their computers or smartphones, for the latest news and commentaries on matters from politics to lifestyles and the arts. But now there is no more. Many of us knew this will be a long, hot, and difficult summer of 2014, with our hope for true democracy in this round of constitutional reform fading, endless mirrors trying to divert citizens' attention from achieving true universal suffrage, and the Occupy Central ultimatum looming near. But we thought the House News would be with us on this fateful journey. None of us could have imagined that we had to go the hard way without the House News and you, Tony. I still remember how excited you were when you told me more than two years ago of this interesting new idea, that you believed that there could be a Huffington Post of Hong Kong, an online media with its own independent voice and sustainable in its own right. We both knew that it would not be any easy task, but it would be a wonderful thing for Hong Kong, especially in the prevailing environment of self-censorship by the mainstream media. The Chinese name of the House News means Home Court News, and indeed, to the hundreds of thousands of daily online readers, the hundreds of regular bloggers contributing to the House News, this had been our home court. Where we enjoyed our home court advantage, what was this home court advantage? We knew we could say what we wanted, any way we wanted to, in our own ways, and when we wanted to, with the support of a terrific, dedicated, and professional team of editors, artists, and programmers. The House News was also a pioneer. Like in this past January, I worked with editors from the House News and other friends from IT on an open data project to turn some pretty doubt numbers from the government's annual budget into lively and insightful infographics. A trend for many media in the world, but one that local traditional media outlets couldn't even care less about. But more importantly. We know that you have made many people who weren't interested in the social and political issues around them finally realize that these things actually mattered to them. So naturally, our home court and our house became the manifestation of Hong Kong's collective core values. If you have not been able to prove the Huffington Post business model here, Tony. You have more than fully demonstrated the power of the new media in influencing politics and society, and yet so successful that many must have wanted the house to be no more. In your last words on the house news, you said that you had misjudged this business, one reaching over three hundred thousand unique visitors a day, but failing to even get close to its fair share of commercial advertisement.
And worse, you had to face fear. Your family also had to face this fear. I know how important the house news was to you, so I know how hard it must have been that you had to end it. You said in your statements that you were filled with remorse. I know how you must have felt about it, facing your dedicated team and telling them of the end. But indeed, I think you gave everyone much more than you took away. You showed us how far this online media could go, and I'm sure you, just like me, will love it when someone else eventually comes around and take us further on this same road. Every change brings with it new challenges as well as new opportunities. The house news showed us what could be done, and despite its end, people will feel our hunger even more for an open and free space for expression. As long as we have the internet, anything will still be possible with or without you and me. Tony, do you remember that before my last legislative council? Campaign in 2012, you did an interview with me for Apple Daily, and you later had it nicely framed and gave me as a souvenir. I now have it hung on the wall of my office. And at the end of the interview, you asked me, "What if I lost in the election?" I said, "I don't want to think about it now, but I'm sure that it would not be the end of my political path." And today, I say the same to you, Tony. We know it must be hard, and you must have your own reasons. But you really gave us a lot in these two years, and we thank you. But I'm sure this is not the end of your passion for Hong Kong, our politics, and our core values. See you around soon, Tony. That was Letter to Hong Kong with Charles Mock, legislator representing the IT functional constituency. Letter to Hong Kong will be back next Sunday morning at eight fifteen. The Equal Opportunities Commission is conducting a public consultation on the review of the discrimination law. The consultation aims to review how the discrimination law can be modernized to meet Hong Kong's current needs. You are welcome to express your views by October seventh. Copies of the consultation document are available at the Commission's office and website, and the Home Affairs Department. For inquiries, please call two five one one eight two one one. Join us to promote equal opportunities. Good morning. I am Desmond Cox from St John's Anglican Cathedral. Many people around the world have heard the story of Jesus Christ taking five loaves and two fishes from a little boy, and feeding five thousand people with that amount of food. Some people say it was a miracle. The skeptics in the world say it is just a story. But Flora McCarthy, in his book New Sunday and Holy Liturgies, Tells us the story of the soup stone, which I am sure we can all learn something from, and perhaps 
even make the world a better place. One day, a village woman was surprised to find a well-dressed stranger at her door, asking for something to eat. "I'm sorry," she said, "but I have nothing in the house right now." "Not to worry," said the stranger. "I have a soup stone in my bag. If you will let me put it in a pot of boiling water, I will make the most delicious soup in the world." A large pot, please. The woman gave him a pot. He put the stone into it, and filled the pot up with water. As he put it in on the fire, she whispered the secret of the soup stone to a neighbour. Soon, all the neighbours had gathered to see the stranger, in his soup stone. When the water began to boil, the stranger tasted. A spoonful and exclaimed, "Very tasty! All it needs is some potatoes." I have potatoes at home," shouted one woman. In a few minutes, she was back with a large quantity of sliced potatoes, which were placed in the pot. Then the stranger tasted the brew again. "Excellent," he said, adding, "If we only had some meat." This would become a tasty stew. Another housewife rushed home to bring some meat, which the train stranger accepted graciously and deposited it in the pot. When he tasted the broth again, he rolled his eyes heavenwards and said, "Delicious! If only we had some vegetables, it would be perfect." One of the neighbors rushed off home. And returned with a basket of carrots and onions. After these had been put in, the stranger tasted the mixture, and in a voice of command said, "Salt and sauce." Right here," said the housewife. Then came another command, "Bowls for everyone." People rushed to their homes in search of bowls. Some even brought back bread and fruit. Then they all sat down to a delicious meal, while the stranger handed out large helpings of his incredible soup. Everyone felt strangely happy as they laughed and talked and shared their very first common meal. In the middle of the merriment, the stranger slipped quietly away. Leaving behind the miraculous soup stone, which they used any time they wanted to make the loveliest soup in the world. You know, Jesus could feed all those people with five loaves and two fishes. It must have seemed as impossible and ridiculous as that stranger could make soup from a stone.